Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines uh, with myself, Gary Middleton, uh, special guest presenter today, uh, England futsal uh, mentor and coach developer, Bruce Vores. Bruce, pleased to have you on today. We're going to talk all things futsal. Yeah, great. I think, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. Um, I've listened to a number of, of the episodes so far. Um, I think it's a great resource for, for coaches and I appreciate the opportunity. I always like talking futsal. So, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Bruce. Um, Bruce, just before we get started, do you want to explain to everyone listening in today um, your current role uh, within futsal? Yeah, so w- within futsal, I've currently got two part-time roles with the FA. One is, as you've mentioned, as a, as a coach developer. Um, so that involves really working with county FAs in England learning, delivering some CPD and futsal qualifications. Um, the, the, the second role is, is a little bit different. That's a coach mentor role for futsal. So there are eight of us um, nationally who are kind of spread out across different regions. Um, and we have a responsibility to work with coaches, provide them with whatever sort of personalised support they need to either develop their own coaching, their own futsal knowledge, um, with the ultimate view of trying to maximise the potential of, of the players that they're working with. Bruce, that's a, that's a great resource for developing futsal coaches and, and developing the game uh, of futsal in general throughout the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, in, in terms of growth of the sport, it's it's been a it's been a challenging few years for futsal. I think, kind of in COVID times, um, you know, COVID times, the FA made a decision to to cut a lot of foot funding for futsal, and, and part of what happened with that was the national teams program was dissolved. Um, so it's been a, a, a bit of a challenging time. So. Late in 2022, um, announcement was made by the FA where uh, an organisation called England Futsal have kind of agreed a partnership where they're going to build and support the FA's futsal development from kind of a, a participation level through the performance. Um, so that's meant re- reintroducing and relaunching futsal in some in some key areas. Um, such as they've relaunched the talent pathway, um, coach education pathway, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about in a bit of detail later, um, and also trying to improve the sort of commercial and, and business side of of the game as well. There's some key people involved, some some very very good people who are very passionate about the sport and about the game, um, and they're already making some good moves in the. Let me have a think. In, in January, the under-19 men's programme was relaunched and they went overseas and played some, some qualifiers for the Euros and beat Lithuania, Malta, Estonia. Um, and they've qualified for the, the main round of the UEFA um, European Championships. So that just shows that there's some serious futsal mm-hmm. talent about in this country. Um, and there's, there's a lot of coaches and a lot of clubs around around England doing some great work with with young players. Um, 
probably my only frustration with with things in in our area is that there's no major futsal clubs in the northeast um whereas a lot of other areas of the country do have sort of top tier top level mm-hmm. futsal clubs so yeah hopefully that'll change in time but um yeah it's it's a little bit frustrating but on the whole are you seeing it on the on the, on an upwards on an upward ladder yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah like I say, it's, it's kind of been a little bit like we had a difficult time during COVID, post-COVID futsal-wise. Um, but, you know, I think it's taken a little bit of time for a, a new plan to be developed. Yeah. Um, I know England Futsal have been working on, on on their agreement with the FA for about 18 months. So, yeah, slowly but surely things are starting to, to evolve and develop. And I think it bodes well for the future. Good. Good stuff. Bruce's coaches that may be listening in and want to get qualified um, to support their players with the game of futsal, what does that journey look like now? Uh, as you said earlier, uh, the futsal calls have, have changed recently since COVID. So what does that journey look like now? Yeah, well, I think um, to take my, my journey sort of into futsal, I, I came from a a football background so my initial coaching experiences were, were in football um but then probably you know probably about 10 12 years ago i reckon um i became aware of futsal i started to get more interested and i followed the the old qualification pathway where i did a futsal level one i did a futsal level two and then progressed to do the uefa b the level three which was a a central course it's in george's um but if coaches are starting this journey now they'll follow a, a a slightly different pathway um the the level one and level two courses have been sort of rebranded rewritten they've been in they've been improved certainly um and they've, they've just been launched over the last you know year or so really mm-hmm. so what replaces the level one is something called the introduction to futsal that's an online course um it's free of charge which is you know which is which is excellent everybody loves it loves a freebie um and it doesn't take too much time to complete you know i've, I've done it myself and it, it took between an hour and two hours to complete um when you do complete it you can then access your certificate and download it from from england learning um and it's dead easy to find so if you just go into google you know type england learning in introduction to futsal you, you know you, you can you can bring it up and as long as you've got a fan number you can you can access that um after that after that sorry the next step in the pathway is the the newly released national futsal certificate that replaces the old level two um in terms of cost uh, at the moment it's looking at 128 pound for the course um and this course the structure is slightly different it involves a mix of face-to-face learning some online learning um and a, and a bit of work in your in your own setting again you know for those interested and for those who've maybe done the the intro course you can find it with a dead simple google search again england learning national futsal certificate um and you can find you know ones that that, that kind of suit your location um if i can get a quick plug in 
Gary as well. <laughs> um, I'm delivering the National Futsal Certificate um, in Newcastle in April at Newcastle University. Um, I'm led to believe there's still places available for that one. And I believe it's the only course that's planned in the Northeast this year for 2023. So if you are interested, then check it out and I'd suggest booking a place. Brilliant, Bruce. I, <laughs> you plugged that really well. Um, <laughs> Bruce, so what would you say the benefits would be uh, bringing our players indoors uh, during the winter months to try futsal? Or at any time, I should say, not just the winter months. Yeah, um, we'll take the winter months first. I think the obvious one's the weather, isn't it? You know, um, bringing them, bring your players indoors into an indoor facility where it's dry, it's warm. Um, straight away, that creates an environment that's far more kind of conducive for learning. Parents and spectators, I think, appreciate that as well. Yeah. Um, and you've got the situation where training and games are a lot less likely to be called off because of the weather conditions. So from a coach's point of view, that's great because it means you'll get more time, more contact time with your players. Um, I think it also helps to improve your planning as well as a coach because the conditions are so much more predictable um, as opposed to heading outdoors in the winter. You might have something planned for your session on, on the 3G or on the grass, but then the weather conditions change last minute and you've got to you know you've, you've got to adjust your plans so i think they're the kind of main benefits of, of going indoors during the winter time and how will that environment you know support player development bruce yeah um in terms of player development working indoors trying futsal indoors i think it's important to give our players lots of different playing opportunities um you know, personally speaking, I'm I'm a big believer in developing multi-sport athletes. So probably similar to you, Gary, I grew up in an era where we could choose to play football, then cricket, then tennis, maybe a bit of basketball, and there wasn't any kind of seasonal conflict, if you like. Um, I don't think we live in that world anymore. And I think that... Um, Football seems to be very dominant, particularly in the northeast. It seems to be very dominant. And so my take on that is that's a situation. We've got to accept it. We've got to deal with it. But within football, I think we can give our players lots of opportunities of different formats within the game. Mm. And I think that's where futsal fits. Um, you know, I think futsal needs to be part of a footballer's diet, if you want to call it that. And the indoor environment plays a, a big part in supporting that development. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a school teacher as well. That's that's my background. So maybe a lot of what I'm going to say next kind of comes from, from that background. But I like how in an indoor setting, in terms of supporting player development, we can, you know, we can use whiteboards, we can use tactic boards, we can put music on in a training session. You, could, you know, you could probably do that outdoors as well, but I think it's much easier to do in an indoor setting. Um, and I think as well with the 
the conditions again the, the indoor environment you can get your players to discuss things to to share ideas to maybe reflect in small groups on on different bits and pieces and i'm not sure outside on a 3g in december um you'd be able to use those kind of tools mm -hmm. so that's how i think it, it you know it supports player development yeah and and Bruce, ultimately the FA's theme at the minute is developing more skillful players. Um, well, that's what the game of futsal does for, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it it certainly helps. It certainly helps. I don't think it solely develops a more skillful player. You know, like like I've just mentioned there. I think experiencing other formats of football. Are massively beneficial. I think experiencing other sports are, are massively beneficial in terms of developing um, probably what I call a sort of well-rounded athlete. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know futsal has contributed to, to developing skillful players. I think futsal players or football players with futsal experience have superior receiving skills. I think that they can protect and retain the ball a little bit better, um, especially in those kind of high pressure situations. But I think the big one, big one for me, sorry, in terms of being more skillful is the player's ability to develop their decision making. Um, the format and the intensity just means that players are making, um, you know, a, a stupid amount of decisions. They're making ridiculous amounts of decisions during a game. And I think that certainly helps when you transfer from futsal into the 11-a-side game or, you know, 9v9 game, whatever it might be. And you just, I find that players tend to have players with that futsal experience, not always, but on occasions, tend to have more time and space on the ball. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, you look at the FA's six capabilities at the minute, Bruce, of position and time and movement, scanning, disguise, deception, technique. They're all major key themes, aren't they, that come out in the game of futsal at present? Oh, yeah, huge, huge. Um, yeah, like you say, the, the, there's a lot of transfer between futsal and football and the other way as well. Yeah. Um, and those those themes, absolutely, they're, they're very, very evident in, in futsal. Bruce, and, and a good example of someone that's transferred from the game of futsal into the 11v11 game is the lad uh, Max Kilman. Yeah, yeah, Max. Any other Max. good examples of that? Yeah, so first off, Max Max Kilman's journey is quite a unique one. It's it's quite interesting. He has in his kind of youth development twin tracked as a player, which kind of means he's he's played futsal at the same time as playing football, but he's done right. them kind of kind of separately. Yeah. If that if that makes sense. Um and he did that all the way through up until the point where he was signed by Wolves as, right. as on a pro contract. Um he's a full England futsal international. Um you know and potentially he could end up being the first England futsal international and the first player to play international football as well. Um, I don't know how far away he is from the England squad. That's that's not for me to say, but the, you know he's playing Premier League football mm -hmm. on a regular basis um, in in a good side. So yeah, there's many other examples around the world 
over the years, some obvious ones are, you know, one of my favourite players was was Iniesta at Barcelona, big fo- futsal background. Um, Neymar, Messi, these kind of guys have all played futsal in the past at some point in their their development as a player, and it shows in their play. Um, Bruno at Newcastle at the moment. Um, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this are Newcastle fans and. Bruno's another example. He's played a lot of futsal. And, you know, for me, watching him play football, which I love doing, I really enjoy watching him play. But I can see so much futsal in what he does. You know, occasionally he receives the ball on the sole of the foot, which not a lot of footballers do on a football field. So he's prepared to take the ball on the sole of the foot and manipulate it in in different ways. he protects the ball so well in those midfield areas. He retains the ball, retains possession, and I rarely see him get dispossessed. And I think his ability to do that, um, you know, obviously comes from a lot of good coaching and a lot of good football experiences. But that is a huge part of the futsal game as well. So I think um, his experiences there have massively helped him on a football pitch. Um just thinking of some others, some other examples that people might have seen recently. The the World Cup final, we saw Martinez make a you know potentially match winning save against France. Um, and when you look into his background and his career, where he's came from in Argentina, it's no surprise that he's played some futsal as well. And the technique he used to make that save. In, in the World Cup final was a, a technique that's commonly used by by futsal keepers. So, um, yeah, there's another one. To be honest, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek for it. I'm constantly watching match of the day and pausing things and rewinding things and, and just looking for little bits and pieces where the games cross over and where the games transfer. Um, yeah, I, I can talk about this for a, lot, for, for a long while, but I'll give you one more as well. Another little interesting story in that um, I might get the pronunciation wrong on this one, but a player called Yaya Jabrain, he's a Moroccan. Um, I think he plays his football in, in Saudi somewhere. But he became, um, the I think, don't quote me on this, but I think he's the first player to play in a FIFA Futsal World Cup and a FIFA Football World Cup. So he's represented Morocco in the last World Cup, um, which I think is quite an interesting story. Fantastic. Bruce, I bet when you go and you're sitting at St James's Park with your season ticket, you're watching the game and looking at the uh, looking at the futsal attributes that come out of Bruno every week. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Bruce, the, 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 the game of football itself is, is full of 1v1 jewels all over the pitch. Um, that's not nothing different to the game of futsal and the environment that's, that's around futsal with 1v1s itself. Yeah, you know, if, if that, as, as a coach, um, if you want to develop your player's ability um, to attack in a 1v1 or defend in a 1v1, I think looking at futsal as a as a method to do that is is a really really good idea. Futsal frequently exposes players to those one v one duels that you mentioned. 
Um, it tests their ability to defend one on one. But like I said as well, you know, find different ways to beat opponents. Um, just just a personal observation, I think as well that that maybe in in football um, where there's more space, raw speed, I think helps players in those situations, particularly from an attacking perspective. Um, but I'd argue that in futsal, you need to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more intelligent because the space isn't there. Um, mm. So those players with, you know, raw speed maybe aren't as effective in a futsal environment where in those tighter areas, you, you've, you've got to really develop your ability to accelerate quickly, but also decelerate as well. Um, and those sort of attributes are really, really tested in futsal when you've, you've got to work hard to find those those spaces. Um, you know, I don't think all footballers will suit or prefer futsal. Um, and I think that works, you know, the, the other way as well. But certainly it's, it's you know, it's, it's a great tool to use as a coach to develop those 1v1s. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about, you know, key attributes in the, in the young players, Bruce, around balance and speed and agility. Um, manipulating the ball. Uh, stuff that you spoke about there about you know how Bruno's developed um, all key attributes within the game of futsal and really key to developing that young player that his coaches were trying to do yeah absolutely um, look I think it's one of those where you know what you've just asked me there and what we just talked about is is the sort of technical sorry the, get my words confused there the technical area of the game sort of um, you know, in terms of ball control and manipulation and things like that. Um, but I also think that kind of all four corners, if you think back to the, the long-term player development model yeah. that, that we often talk about, um, I think all four corners are, are, are you know, are, are really tested in a, in a futsal environment and it helps with that, that player development. So technically, yeah, players will develop those core techniques, such as, you know, passing, receiving, controlling, finishing. But from a physical um, point of view as well, they'll develop um, attributes such as agility. I've already mentioned acceleration, deceleration. You've mentioned balance, all those kind of things. Um, one of the areas as a, as a coach in futsal with young players that I'm particularly interested in is how... I think you sometimes get different opportunities to expose your players in those sort of social and psychological corners as well. So socially, I like how the game is is very inclusive. I think the laws of the game with unlimited substitutions and rolling substitutions provides lots and lots of opportunities for the players to get lots of playing time, lots of court time, lots of minutes. But also, um, as a coach, thinking as a coach, I think it's a it's a great opportunity to, you know, it's a great time to get in and, and work with your players in terms of making some interventions. I like to work with the players when they come off the court. So when they're sat on the bench, they've maybe been on. When they come off, I like to sit down and maybe chat with them as, as small groups, as, as, as units or as individuals, um, and get them as well to, to, to chat amongst each other, you know, about what the game plan is or what the focus of the session is so that when they go back on, 
they've, they've got a few ideas in their head. So I like that socially. Um, and as well, you know, psychologically, it's um, it's a great game for emotional control because one of the things we do see in football, um, you know, youth football all the way through to, to the adult game is players complaining to referees, players, um, you know, throwing their hands up because they maybe didn't get a decision or their teammate didn't pass them the ball. Um, I don't think you've got that time in futsal to complain to a referee or complain to a teammate or your coach because the game just is relentless. It just moves so fast that you haven't got the opportunity for that. So if you can't handle, as a player, if you can't handle those emotions um, and those experiences, then I think you place yourself and your team at a disadvantage. Um, I think it's certainly... Thinking back to my limited football career, I think that, you know, if I'd had that experience as a kid, that futsal experience in that psychological corner, I think that would have massively influenced and improved my um, my football. Um, yeah. Good. Bruce, what would be your key messages for coaches uh, wanting to get on the futsal journey uh, for developing their players through futsal? Yeah, I think first of all, if you are if you are a coach who's um, brand new to the game, so you you maybe haven't seen it before, you haven't got any of your your futsal qualifications, then I think the first thing to do is have a look into the introduction to futsal course, um, and then from there, I think you've got to decide whether you think it would benefit you, would it benefit your players, would it benefit the club that you, you're working in. Um, from there, I'd seriously consider trying to source an indoor venue, which I know can be difficult at times. Um, and if you do manage to get yourself that indoor venue, then I think trying some futsal over the winter months and experimenting would, would be the way to go. But I think the, the kind of key message for me, and this is something that I preach a lot on the different CPDs that I've that I've done in the past and the certainly the FA courses that I've delivered as well is that I think to really see the benefits there's there's got to be five things in place um at all times really and to kind of pinch a line from another another popular podcast which I'll not name um I consider these to be the the kind of non-negotiables for futsal yeah. delivery um which are playing the lines so making sure that you're, you know, just like we would in football, you've you've got core boundaries, you've got pitch boundaries. So you play a line, so you ensure that the ball goes in and out of play. Um, number two for me would be, and again, this comes down to maybe sourcing your, your venue and making sure your venue is appropriate, but ensuring that you have futsal goals. So obviously the size of futsal goals is a little bit different to what, what um, a traditional sports hall might have, where a traditional sports hall probably had the, the letterbox sort of style five-a-side goals. The futsal goals are different dimensions. They're the three-by-two goals, same size as handball. Um, and there are a lot of schools and a lot of facilities that do have those goals now, but um, one of the challenges one of the coaches I've been mentoring has 
is his facility, which is which is a fine facility. It's great. Doesn't have futsal goals, but he's been able to to use some resources in the club to buy some pop up goals, um, some pop up handball goals, which work absolutely fine, and they make a huge difference to the kind of returns that that his players are getting from the game. Um, so I think yeah, definitely number two would be would be the goals. Number three is to ensure that if you're playing a full court game, it's five v five. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, unlimited substitutions, rolling subs is, is a part of the game. So, yeah, if you're playing a full court game, ensure it's 5v5 um, and then use those those subs to give your players plenty of playing time. The fourth one would be a futsal ball. So, you know, you can't play this game without a, without a futsal ball. So, again, for coaches who might not know about the game that much. The ball is um, a weighted ball which has reduced bounce. Um, again, you, you can find them on, on multiple you know, sports websites out there and they're not too expensive to buy. So making sure you, you're training or you're playing with a futsal ball is important. And then finally, the, the fifth one would be making sure that you're playing on a, a hard flat surface because you need that in order to get the ball travelling the way you want it to travel. Again, in terms of making sure the players get the returns that that we're looking for from the game. Um, it doesn't work on a 3G. It doesn't work on a on a grass pitch, you know. But um, talk, you know, thinking about my my school setting, we've got the luxury of we've got some indoor courts, which have got that that lovely sports hall surface where it's hard and flat. But equally. Um, We've got a, an outdoor area, like a, a multi-games area, sort of a tennis court type um, surface where we've marked that out with futsal courts. And that surface, even though it's not ideal, it's hard, it's flat, and we can do you know some, some futsal on there. So I think they're my kind of five um, non-negotiables, if you like, and th- that's, that's the key message for me. If you're going to deliver it, you've got to put those things in place. Mm-hmm. Bruce, as always, pleasure chatting to you, talking all things futsal. Uh, many thanks for giving up your time today. Um, and we'll hopefully, hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks very much, Gary. Enjoyed it. Thanks a lot.